For those of you wondering, I am just humming the intro audio to my podcast because I started off with a fancy intro and outro audio and it I did enjoy having one and I've had it on the list since I rebranded the podcast to re-record the intro and the outro to the podcast, but waiting to do that was something that was getting in the way of actually me actually recording episodes of the podcast itself. And so I decided that I would just record the episodes of the podcast and you know what? They don't need to have an intro and an outro in the season of life that I am in right now. So if you've been listening to the podcast for the last little while, you've probably noticed that the most recent episodes haven't had my intro on them. And I apologize to those of you who enjoyed having a boogie to it every week because it is a catchy little ditty. But in the spirit of not letting the little things, not letting the lack of something being perfect or striving for, you know, that ultimate perfection when it comes to getting the things done that we want to do, I decided to record and publish my episodes without the intro and outro anyway. So hopefully that tiny little story gives you a little nudge as well. If there's something you've been kind of holding back on because you think, oh, well, I'm waiting for this or I haven't got that yet or you know, something where something really small or even big is holding you back, this could be your sign to ask yourself the question and get curious. What if you just did it anyway? What if you hit publish metaphorically? Anyway, welcome to this week's episode of the Productivity Project. I'm really excited to be talking about what I'm going to talk about this week. Because when it comes to my kind of productivity, which is getting the things done that you want or need to do in the time that you have to do them, the things that move you forward, what I'm going to talk about today was the game changer for me as a solo business owner, an online business owner with two little kids who is growing my business and juggling client work and doing all of that around having two kids under four, I have to be really strategic about the time that I do have. And honestly, that has been a journey and still is a journey. There is no magic switch that you just flick on one morning as a solo business owner or Um, even just working in your nine to five role or doing whatever it is that you're doing, there is no magic switch that you can flick on that gives you ultimate productivity, even though I hate using that phrase because it sounds so, you know, dude in corporate with a Blackberry attached to his ear, frankly, all those little Bluetooth headsets, like those little Bluetooth headsets were the low point for me, the little like black ones that like attach to your ear. Anyway, I digress. There is no magic productivity switch, but when it came to really optimizing how much I could get done in the time that I had, today's topic is something that really changed the game for me when I So last week's episode was sort of the prequel, I guess, to this episode where I spoke about how you can leverage your natural productivity zone to get you away from having to micromanage your time or feeling like you need to be, 
you know, across every minute of what you're doing. So if you haven't listened to that episode yet, go back and listen to last week's episode before you listen to this one, because it's sort of a, I guess, an introduction to what I'm going to be talking about today. So what am I going to be talking about today, guys? Well, today's episode is titled In the Zone, Five Ways to Trigger Flow State Productivity. So when you read that, you might already have an awareness of what flow state is. You might be curious when it comes to, well, how can I actually apply that to the type of work I do? Because, you know, if you're not a creative or an artist, you might feel like flow state is something that doesn't really apply to the type of work you do. You might be wondering what it can actually do in terms of your productivity. So let's dive in. So I wanted to start this episode with a question you can ask yourself. Can you remember the last time you were just so absorbed in whatever it was that you were doing that the world around you felt like it just kind of faded away, like time stood still, like you looked up from your laptop or your notebook and you didn't realize that two hours had passed. Until pretty recently, I couldn't remember the last time I'd felt like that. The last time I felt like that was probably possibly in uni when, you know, I was writing assignments or doing an essay or doing a piece of creative writing that I loved. But after that, it all just kind of got blurry. It was probably I entered, you know, I started working in corporate and different nine to five roles and I moved through various different full-time jobs and part-time jobs doing marketing and I transitioned to working as an assistant or an admin, doing lots of different things. But I couldn't quite remember the last time I'd ever felt like I was in flow. And it definitely seems to have become even more blurry since I've had kids and since I have started my business. And every single person I speak to, clients, friends, you know, solo business owners, online business owners, especially every single person I speak to about productivity and managing their time tells me the same thing. I struggle to focus. I find it so hard to concentrate, you know, like what has happened to my goddamn brain? (laughs) Because we have never been more distracted more overloaded with information and more stimulated than we are right now. Our brains are dealing with literal fire hoses of information on a minute by minute basis. And sometimes it can feel like we're powerless to stop it. So when you hear someone like me banging on about getting into flow and, you know, becoming one with the work, you would be forgiven for rolling your eyes a little. I would if I were you, but stick with me. So this state known as flow is often touted as a secret weapon of, you know, artists or creatives. But the thing is, flow state isn't just for people like Picasso. (laughs) It's a totally underrated productivity powerhouse tool for anyone who wants to get their shit done and create really good quality things in the limited time they have to do this. 
So pretty much every single solo online business owner out there (laughs) that's working in their kids' naps or while their children are at school, this episode is for you. So most of you have probably tried various tactics or techniques or hacks to hit this sweet spot of productivity, maybe without much success, or you might've found things that, you know, worked sometimes and didn't work other times, or, you know, worked a little bit, but didn't really quite get you there. So there might've been things you've tried that haven't worked. And these are things that are kind of commonly, you know, bandied about as like the traditional productivity fixes, you know, if you have worked in a nine to five role or even, you know, hospitality or shift work or other types of jobs outside of your business. You know, you might've come across some of these as ways to help you be more productive or ways to help you kind of get through the day, which can often be the goal when, when you're working in your nine to five role is just kind of getting to the end of the day and going home and getting on out of there. Ah, the memories. Anyway, so things like downing, you know, coffee after coffee, which, you know, might seem like a way to give you a quick energy boost, but, you know, can usually just leave you with nothing but an aimless kind of jittery sense of anxiety about that thing you said to that mum from drop off five years ago, or like the thing you did in high school that still gives you flashback nightmares. I mean, I'm not speaking from experience here, obviously, or it might be something like beginning your day, sifting through your emails, which seems to be the traditional default way we start our day. And it can feel productive because you can feel like you're getting lots of little things done, but it's actually, well, it's frankly shithouse when it comes to setting your focus up for the day. But I will speak about that in another episode. And I have touched on that in my previous episode. So if you want to hear a little bit more about why emails are not the way to start your day, listen to my previous episodes. Multitasking, that popular, you know, productivity hack that's now kind of championed as, you know, the thing that mums can only do pretty much probably championed and perpetuated as a myth by dudes who don't want mums to stop doing everything. It more often than not like leads to what I call dipping your toe. So messing about on a bunch of different bits and pieces without really achieving anything, or you might try, you know, powering through without breaks or loading up your to-do list. And it might feel pretty boss. You know, I'm hustling and I'm grinding and I'm working and I'm just going to push through But honestly, this usually only leads to burnout and it might not be immediate burnout. It might be like years down the track, but at the end of the day, working like this is pretty unsustainable. So what is the game changer when it comes to flow productivity? Honestly, the biggest game changer for me and my productivity clients when it comes to optimizing for flow whether I'm working on a blog post or I'm pulling together course slides or whatever I'm doing has been reducing distraction and concentrating on improving my focus versus trying to manage my time. Now, time management, it often misses a pretty crucial element because honestly, it is no longer about how much time we have. If it was, most of us wouldn't have a business. 
Let's be honest, we're building our businesses around our kids' school schedules or our kids' naps or our full-time jobs. If it was about how much time we had and getting more time, none of us would be doing what we're doing. And yes, okay, having more physical hours available to you might mean you have the luxury of being a little more relaxed when it comes to your time, when it comes to things getting in the way of your time. For example, you know, sick days or hungover days, laptop screen of death days, or, you know, optus outage days. Those are fun. But until you learn the skill of knowing what you need to do to move you where you want to go and optimize your work with this in mind, it won't matter if you've got one hour a week or 48 hours a week. And I don't know about you, but for me, this gives me such an amazing sense of relief because when we see productivity as an opportunity to free us from having to have all these hours and put all these hours of work in and be chained to our laptops. That's when it can really change the game for you when it comes to how much you're able to do and how much you're able to achieve with the time that you have. You know, you might only have two hours a day to build your business or to do the work you want to do. That might be all the time you have. And productivity and learning how to harness a productivity system and the tools that can work for you and help you optimize that two hours to get you where you want to go can be the difference between you having a business and not having a business. And hearing that that's possible and there is a way to make that happen is really freeing because it no longer means that, you know, if you have school hours to build your business, if you have nap times to build your business, it doesn't mean that's not a restriction anymore. It's actually really freeing because you know you have a way that you're able to make things happen without it just being, no, you have to work nine to five, five days a week. So, On that note, we are conditioned from years of corporate bro productivity to fill our schedules, thinking that managing every single minute will lead us to ultimate productivity status. (laughs) But this approach really only leads us down that icky path of constant clock watching where, you know, we measure success by the hours we've spent on something versus what we've actually done. So that corporate clock watching mentality where it's like, you know, if you're there from the hours of this to the hours of that, then you're doing your job, no matter what you've actually gotten done. Here's the thing. Achieving flow isn't actually about pushing harder. That's kind of the opposite of what you want to do when you're thinking about getting into a flow state. I'll ask you a question to kind of illustrate it. Have you ever tried to just keep going when you're exhausted. And most of us have, right? So you can for a while at least, but gradually it all kind of becomes pretty unenjoyable and usually ends in you not getting very much done or not being happy with what you have got done. So working with your flow or getting the things done that you need to do in the time you have is about creating the right environment and the right mindset for you to let your natural productivity flag fly. You know, that's it, pals. You can create a system that serves as your on-off switch when it comes to dropping straight into flow state, and that is how you escape 
the time trap where you feel like you have to have all the hours in the world to make things happen. So let's get into five ways to switch on your flow or five triggers that you can use and set up to work in tandem with each other to make dropping into your flow state as easy and seamless as possible. So number one is to try and designate a focused workspace. So it doesn't have to be, you don't have to have an office. You don't even have to have, you know, a fancy shed out the back. You don't have to have a studio, although this would be lovely, but your environment can significantly influence your ability to focus. So if you're sitting on a cluttered dining table in the middle of the kids running around in the middle of the house with the TV blurring, you are making it a lot harder on yourself to be able to focus. So try and set up a space. It can be a desk. It can be a table, but a space that is solely for work. You know, you can light candles and shit and do all that stuff, but ideally... (laughs) Think about how you can make your workspace as distraction-less as possible. So people often talk about not working in your bedroom, and this is probably going to be controversial, but after I had kids, I actually found that having a little space in my bedroom whether it's a small desk and I keep it really clear, I don't clutter it and I have a laptop so I don't have like a monitor blaring, you know, I close the lid of my laptop. I am lucky enough to have an office in my house, but when I didn't, I found that having a clean, you know, aesthetically pleasing as possible, you can get aesthetically pleasing from Kmart now, so it doesn't have to be expensive, a clean, clear space in my bedroom that I was able to go to and sit down and close the door and work for, you know, however long I wanted to work was actually really calming for me in that season of my life. It was better than trying to adhere to a, you know, an arbitrary rule of not working in your bedroom. I think if you are clear around the the boundaries that you have around how much you're going to work and what you're going to do when it comes to your work and how you're going, you want to feel when it comes to your work, if you are clear around that stuff, I feel like where you work in terms of it being a bedroom or not a bedroom and it affecting your sleep and when you stop working in terms of that relativity, in terms of your time you go to bed is more important than actually whether you have a desk in your bedroom or not. So set up your focused workspace and make it as distractionless as possible. And if that needs to be in your bedroom, then it needs to be in your bedroom. The next thing I do and recommend to clients who are looking to switch on their flow state is to set clear task-based versus time-based goals. So define the things you want to achieve in your work session rather than defining the time that you want to spend on something. So doing this by task rather than time gives you direction and purpose which are key ingredients for flow productivity versus just saying, okay, I'm going to spend an hour on something, which can be helpful. There is definitely a time and a place, you know, when it comes to certain types of tasks, like if you're writing a book and 
you know, you are struggling to get into that flow state, sometimes sitting down and saying, okay, I'm going to write for an hour. And at the end of that hour, what I've got is what I've got can be helpful, but so can the approach which says I'm going to write 250 words and whatever the words are, other words that can also be helpful. So just think about flipping that script when it comes to how you're going to measure what done is for you. So it might be instead of measuring the amount of time you spent on something, you can make it tangible in terms of what you actually do. So setting task-based goals. The third thing I look at is I do time block, but I don't get obsessive about it. So when I say time block, I mean allocating a specific time slot for focused work and ideally when you know you're most likely to be able to concentrate. So this might be a little more limiting if you do have kids because often the windows that you have to work are kind of dictated to you by, by you know, when your kids are either not around, not home, or they're asleep. But if you're exhausted after putting the kids to bed and you're allocating your work time block in that kind of 8 till 9 p.m. bracket and you are tired and you know you're going to be battling, fighting the urge to snooze. In my experience with my clients and myself in terms of looking at better ways to work, you are far better putting yourself to bed, going to sleep and possibly waking up a little earlier in the morning because you've had that extra sleep at night to Instead of having that time in the evening to work, having that time in the morning to work, or it doesn't have to be work. It can be, you know, anything. It can be your time to yourself. Instead of having that at the end of the day where you're kind of exhausted and you're not really doing much and scrolling and falling asleep anyway, maybe putting yourself to bed, getting the rest that you need, and then getting up a little earlier is going to work for you. So, Having that portion of time or that block of time where you are going to focus and you know that that is your time where you're feeling alive, you're feeling alert, and you're not going to be distracted or exhausted by other things is really important when it comes to flow. The fourth thing when it comes to switching on your flow and setting up your flow system is reducing your stimulation before work. So tune in to how things like scrolling Instagram or checking your emails before work, leave you feeling. These are things that most of us start our day with, right? And they've become kind of a go-to. And at the same time, most of us struggle on the daily with focus and concentration. So if these are your go-to activities before you start work, try ditching them in favor of, say, five to ten minutes of meditation. Now, you don't have to know what you're doing here. You can literally sit in silence and take deep breaths for five minutes. Or you might find, you know, I don't know, just going for a 10 minute walk or something that's really like focusing on calming your brain down and not, you know, more stimulation, more information, swapping out that scroll or whatever it is, that stimulating task for a de-stimulating task for even just 10 minutes or five minutes before work. See how you feel. Starting out with less dopamine, so those little hits that you get every time you scroll or you like or you, I don't know, you get an email or whatever it is, (laughs) starting your brain out with less dopamine, which is actually a really stimulating chemical for your brain. A lot of people mistake dopamine for a feel-good chemical, 
Dopamine is the chemical that works when you feel like you're going to get something good. So it's kind of the anticipation chemical. It's kind of the stimulating chemical, leaving you in a stimulated state. So if you start out with less of this, you can actually help set your brain up for focus before you get into it. And the final way that I trigger my flow state and you can try as well in triggering your own, and it's probably the most important. So if you only do one thing, do this, limit your distractions. I don't say this very often, but when it comes to distractions and your brain, don't be a hero, make it easy for your brain. You won't pick up your phone just to check how your last Instagram post is doing without falling into a 20 minute scroll hole. You won't just respond to that text. And even if you do, all those quick interruptions are like these little ice picks when it comes to chip, 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 chipping away at your focus. Put your phone in another room. And if your phone is in another room and you're still distracted, use website blockers. Remove the things that are going to distract you. Save yourself. Make it easier for your brain and make your workspace a no interruption zone when it comes to your own interrupters. So you can't block all physical interruptions. That's just not the world we live in. And plus, sometimes your kids do need you. Sometimes you get a knock at the door. Sometimes there's an urgent call that you need to take. But if you try and limit your own brain interruptions as much as possible, you are going to make getting into flow a whole lot easier for yourself. So that's it for this week's episode, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. And I hope you will try some of these things this week to help you get into a flow state. And hopefully it's left you feeling a little more optimistic if you have short windows of time to work with about what might be possible for you. And you might be able to get a little bit of that concentration back that we have all lost a little. If you have lost this, you are not alone. But I can confirm there are ways to get your concentration, your focus, and your flow back. And remember, everyone's flow state triggers are different. So what works for one person might not work for another. Experiment with these techniques, tweak them, mix them up, find what works best for you. And honestly, I guarantee you when you find that flow, no matter how small the window is, you'll feel like you've won the day, whether you spent 10 minutes in it or five hours in it, you know, no bro productivity needed. (laughs) We talk about bro marketing. I think we need to talk about the elephant in the room, which is bro productivity. And I'll probably do a reel or a post on it on my Instagram coming up. Anyway, that's it for this week, guys. If you enjoyed this week's episode, please hit the follow button so you get future episodes just dropped into your podcast player, whether you're listening on Spotify, Apple, wherever you're listening. Make sure you hit follow or the little plus button. If you did enjoy this episode, please share it with a friend who you think would benefit from it. And I can't wait to share another episode with you again next week. Until next week, guys, have a wonderful week.